deep left into the bleachers. A two-run homer. A swing and a miss. Ball game. Liftoff. And history marches on. 22 consecutive wins. From the sports desk of the Akron Beacon Journal and Ohio.com. This is Leading Off with Ryan Lewis, a podcast on the Cleveland Indians. Santana makes the catch. Ball game. The Indians have won the American League pennant. The Cleveland Indians are going to the World Series. Now, Ryan Lewis and Dan Kadar. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Leading Off with Ryan Lewis. This is Dan Kadar, the Beacon Journal, joined, of course, by Ryan Lewis, our Indians beat writer. Ryan, how are you? As good as could be expected in this world. Yeah. How's that? That that sounds that sounds proper. Um, <laughs> you know, they, we're we're about the midway point of the baseball season, or we are actually the Indians. As we're recording this, they played thirty-one games out of a sixty-game season. So it's an interesting time to to talk some baseball. And there's also the trade deadline coming up here. It's on Monday. Ryan, what time on Monday is the trade deadline? Remind me. It's normally the early afternoon. Okay. So, yeah, it's it's going to be another interesting one. It seems like every year you and I talk about the Indians and the trade deadline, they're they're about in this position where they are right now. You know, currently they're just behind the Twins in the Central. They look like a playoff team, but there's something missing. In the case of this season, it it's the offense, obviously. It's the back half of the the batting order. It's the outfield. Do you think the Indians address these issues at the trade deadline this year like they did in the past? Well, I think it's important to remember that it's always easy to kind of figure out what the first step in a trade is. That being, if a team decides, okay, we have we have X player that we that, that we may deal. If we get Y total value for it, we will pull the trigger on that deal. Like once we get you know above whatever that artificial line is, we will pull the trigger on that deal. So that's the easy part to decide is that if you can find it, um, you know you'll you're you're okay doing that. You're okay moving that piece. You're okay you know shifting those resources elsewhere. Um, the more difficult part is is the second aspect, which is actually finding. The deal that fits and finding, um, you know, which team would be willing to offer it, and there's a lot of factors there. There's you have to weigh the uh, the total years of control that you're bringing back in whatever return package, and how that fits into your contention window, uh, if it fits into your financial structure. Um, obviously, the total value, and but beyond, but beyond that, um, how it fits, you know, your roster needs, and and how those pieces will fit into what you already have. So that's the difficult part. So the Indians love to find that trade um i think so i think though they're they're a team that um you know we we've seen and, and kind of heard this before where uh their price with the indians their price tags are often pretty high um you know for their their internal pieces mm-hmm. and and they're just about always willing to at least answer the phone um, and and discuss something for just about any player because they know with their resources they can't close a lot of doors automatically. Um, it doesn't mean they're going to pull off that trade, uh, but but at least having the discussion and, and 
at least going, you know, a certain amount of distance down each and every single path that they can, uh, you know, that's kind of been their, their MO for a while. So in terms of the Indians and the trade deadline, it does feel like some of the names have changed, but it's a similar position than the one they've been in for a couple of years where the lineup is uh, struggling a bit, lacking a bit. Um, for the last couple of days, they've done enough to get by, but it's certainly, uh, you know, well below what they would consider ideal. And uh, specifically, that comes with a focus on the outfield, um, which has been collectively among the league's worst in almost every statistical category um, on offense. Tyler uh, Nacon has to the bat a little bit, but as of late, but Greg Allen can be a useful piece in, in the right role, in, in the right situation. Nick Freeman can be a uh, nice utility guy when needed. You're going to count on those guys almost on an everyday basis, and, and those guys are going to be in the lineup that much. Um, you know, that's just um, going to be well below league, league average offensive production, and there's no way to get around that. Um, so it, it's a situation where the Indians' starting rotation is still their area of surplus. Um, so once again, you know, similar to what they did last year with Bauer and uh, the deal that brought in Fran Reyes, the Indians could deal from their starting rotation, still have still have one of the better rotations in baseball, but also try to address their outfield and try to address their lineup. Um, but there is, beyond all of that, beyond all of that, trying to make that fit, trying to find the right deal, find the right team with the right pieces that also needs the right piece from you, there's the added wrinkle and variable of this COVID-19 season and the fact that teams can only deal prospects uh, from their own roster pool, which creates uh, you know even a more narrow focus where if the Indians don't want to from their rotation, if they want to try to find the fit with prospects, well, you can only deal what you have and you can only acquire what they have um, already on their roster pool. Um, and then even beyond that, another variable and wrinkle in all of this is the idea of uh, just what data you have and, and how reliable it is um, from those alternate sites. Uh, Major League Baseball recently, uh, you know, took a step forward at least and came up with a with a, a data sharing program uh, that teams can opt into. Um, most, if not all, by this point of Major League Baseball's teams have opted into it. So there's at least some data available from the alternate sites. Uh, you know, there could be some video, but based on where they normally would be in terms of the, the reliability and the confidence in the data that that you have when you're trying to acquire a player, it's not going to be anywhere near that level. Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how teams decide to pull certain triggers and, and how teams, uh, you know, may be cautious and may not want to, uh, you know, move key pieces for um, whatever re- the return package might be, when there's not that much confidence, there's not much, there, there's not that much reliability in what you're trying to do. So, will the Indians make a move? Nobody knows. I think at, at this point, nobody knows how how this deadline is really going to pan out. Um, but if they if they do move, you know, Mike Clevenger and Zach Plesac are the names that have been thrown out. It's not just because of what happened in Chicago and. It's not just because of that, that they broke team protocol and all that. The starting rotation was already the area of surplus, and um, you know the, the term the term showcase start was thrown around with Clevenger um, for his last start on Wednesday night. 
I don't really think that's the case in terms of trading him or, or the trade deadline. I, I understand the timing, but his value was pretty well established. What he in his track record is pretty well established. Um, so it's all just trying to gather all of this data, and if they need to move a, start, uh, a starting or anyone from their starting rotation or a prospect, um, you know, the, the outfield would be the focus. There are some teams that there are matches. You know, there are a couple teams that are matches, but, um, you know, that number isn't terribly high, and with all these extra variables, who the hell knows? Everything with the season has been weird, and there's no reason to expect the trade deadline won't be any different. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll circle back to some specifics uh, next, but just in general, are you of the belief, like like many seem to be, that across baseball period this is going to be a much calmer trade deadline than we've seen in the past i think that's more likely than not yes because of all of the variables because of all of the uncertainty um yes the the data sharing program was put in place i think a, a week or so ago maybe it's been two i've lost all sense of sure. time and schedule now but so that was put in place, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the confidence is there enough to move a major piece. You know, moving a Mike Clevenger, which in some respects, if the, if the Indians can find the right deal, that would make some sense. The starting rotation is already the heir of surplus. He's already into his arbitration years. Um, you know, he's, he's under control for a little over two more seasons, which doesn't mean he needs to be moved or anything like that, but it would make some sense already. Plus the added aspect of if you know the the situation in Chicago is a factor, that's just one more factor. So I, th- I think it would make sense for them, but I don't know if there's enough confidence and reliability in the data to to really make a move right now because it's been a long time, you know, since last season and when teams had consistent data that they're that they're used to. Um, so I I would guess that if anything, this trade deadline might be uh, a little more. Um, you know, timid or, or cautious than most. Mm-hmm. And part of that is also the fact that uh, the postseason was expanded. Right. So we have more teams who think that they have a shot already to get in. And maybe they're not as urgent to make that deal. Well, that that was kind of my follow-up question to that. You know, last time we recorded, we talked a little bit about um, how the Indians could just be trying to set themselves up for the postseason and figuring things out and because it really looks like they're going to be a, a playoff team with the expanded playoffs this year. And I, I do wonder, you know, Clevenger is so much more of a proven commodity than, you know, if, if they traded him and, and put somebody else in his spot um, that they brought up or whatever. I, I, I have to wonder how much that factors in. And I also have to wonder, you know, is, is the success of Tristan McKenzie going to factor in the Indians trading one of these guys? And look, we're recording this on Friday afternoon. Tristan McKenzie's about to pitch here tonight, I believe. And he could absolutely torched, right? He's, he's tonight, right? Yep. Yeah, so, you know, if... If he's successful again, do you think the Indians will feel a little more comfortable trading a starting pitcher? Yeah, yeah, they might. So that's that's just another factor is that Tristan Kenzie in his major league debut was fantastic, which it's one start doesn't necessarily mean much. Right. He could get shelled tonight. Um, but 
Tristan McKenzie has has long had that uh, a pretty high ceiling, even though he's had some some significant injury issues. He didn't pitch in a meaningful game for nearly two two calendar years. Um, so there, there there have long been some durability concerns with him, or, or at least question marks, just based on his frame. He's he's listed at six five one sixty five, and he looks at, um, but he's got some tremendous stuff. He has a really high ceiling. If the Indians feel, I mean, there are only there are fewer than thirty games left in the season. Mm-hmm. They don't need that many starts from him to at least get through this year. So yeah, that really might be a, a key factor in the Indians feeling comfortable enough and having and flexibility to pull off a trade to to try to help that lineup and, try, and to try to boost the outfield a little bit. And that you can, you know, for example, you can trade Clevenger, say, and you still have Shane Bieber, Aaron Savali, Carlos Carrasco. Uh, Zach Plesac, if you want to back, Tristan McKenzie, uh, you know, you can still have a really solid rotation. And if the Indians are looking toward the postseason, you won't even use all five starting pitchers. You know, you, um, right. You'll be able to, to, to kind of pare that down. And, you know, like, like me saying the club would make sense, it only makes sense if you find the right deal, which is, again, kind of going back to it's easy to decide, okay, if we decide to do this, Here's what we'll do. It's uh, it's a lot harder to find that deal. Um, but yeah, Tristan McKenzie, especially if he if he's terrific again tonight against the Cardinals, now you have even more confidence that he might be able to handle a rotation spot. And really, he pitched so well in his first start that he kind of demanded a second start. Like there's no way that you could take him out of the rotation after that. So you have Zach Plesac, who currently this season has an ERA south of two, just kind of chilling at the alternate site. Um, it's an extreme area of surplus at the moment, um, and so yeah, that that may add some flexibility. But like the Indians have said, you can never have too much starting pitching. But then again, there are fewer than thirty games left. Like it's, it's so quick that this is going to come up on everybody. And you know, it what and and one other factor that I haven't even mentioned is uh, it really depends on how the Indians are kind of looking at all of this. And that you know, according to Fangraphs. They, their chances of making the postseason are in the high 90%. Mm-hmm. Like the Indians are, it would take a ridiculous collapse at this point for the Indians to not at least make the postseason. Um, so maybe they could relax. But then again, if you're going to go up against the best in the American League and you're really trying to make a run in, in October, that lineup just doesn't have the length that you need. So maybe you have to pull the trigger. Um, it's just all these factors, all this uncertainty which is always there, but this year it's hyped up, and now you have Tristan McKenzie in the mix. Who knows, man? It's Monday could be kind of wild. Yeah, it, it could. Once we get down to the deadline, just in just in terms of like rumors and news, it, teams may not actually, um, you know, complete these deals. But just in terms of what they get close to, and all the different scenarios, it it, it could be an, an interesting day. Mm-hmm. Well, like. I, I know we don't want to get into many specifics of, well, the Indians acquire this player or that player, but I do have to ask one, um, and I, I'm interested to see how you choose to answer it here. And I might just be replaying the same question I asked this time last year. There has been a report, again, linking the Indians to trading with the Yankees for the Clint <laughs> Frazier question is still out there. This time, the New York Post connected the two. Um, do you think that's legitimate? Because I know there's a segment of the Indians fan base uh, 
including one of my very good friends who may be influencing my questioning here, <laughs> of, boy, if we had Clint Frazier in the outfield, that would that would answer a lot of questions. And um, it, it's linked again. So what what is your take in 2020 on Clint Frazier coming back to the Indians? Yeah, it, it's kind of funny. Aside from all of the COVID stuff, this entire podcast just feels like deja vu. Yeah, it does. In that the Indians have a, a surplus of starters. They need to address the outfield, and Clint Frazier is at least a piece that would make sense. But I think, I mean, yeah, just like I said, I it would make some sense based on level. Um, Frazier is under club control through 2024, uh, which kind of fits the general mold of what the Indians have been looking for. Um, you know, he's a guy that, um, you know, has, has long had a, a solid prospect pedigree. He's played really, really well in a somewhat limited sample, but he's played well this season. Um, you know, the price tag for the Indians has, has said to be high. Um, it's always been high. Um, that's a, that's a, a general theme with them. I imagine the price tag on Clint Frazier, uh, would likewise be very high. Um, I, I think that's a deal that would certainly make sense. It's, it's, probably one of the more realistic possibilities just looking at fits scenarios um, team situations and all that yeah I think it's possible plus they could bring the, the red wig, the red wigs back <laughs> which would be fun that would be fun and as a bald man I would gladly welcome a go. wig um, so that's why you want Claire Frazier basically and yeah. and his the, the way he swings a bat how fast he is I don't know We'll see. Um, Ryan, anything else trade-related you want to chat about before I let you go with a quick, stupid question of the week? <laughs> I don't think so. I just kind of threw everything against the wall. There's, there's so many variables that it's hard to, right. it's difficult to, keep, to, to keep everything straight. Um, there's just so many unknowns this season. It's been a weird year. The season's, you know, the Indians have only played, you know, 31 games, and yet it's more than half the season. It's over the trade deadlines here. October's going to be weird because it's a, an expanded playoff, which has basically you know, almost guaranteed the Indians to be in a spot, barring some just insane letdown in September. So we'll, we'll see how it shakes out or, and if the Indians have enough confidence in the data that they have and the video that they have to make a significant move. But, you know, it's, it's possible that they just make a, a, a much smaller move to try to address the outfield and which may be the route they have to take based on the information they have. Right. So here's my stupid question of the week. These are the best. Yeah, and this one uh, is quite dumb, but I like it anyway. One of my favorite things throughout the baseball season this year has been you tweeting out James Karinchek's stats (laughs) basically every time he pitches. Who is off to a crazier first half of the season stat-wise? Is it Karen Chak or is it Shane Bieber? And, you know, while I let your mind percolate on all that, I'll, I'll go over some of their stats a little bit. Karen Chak has 31 strikeouts and 16 and two-thirds innings pitched. He's allowed one earned run, and he's walked six guys. He's crazy. His ERA is .54. They're insane, insane reliever numbers. Shane Bieber, as we're recording this, is 6-0, a 135 ERA, 
75 strikeouts in 46 and two-thirds innings. He's only allowed seven earned runs the entire season. Out of those two guys, who has the crazier stats through 31 games? I think it has to go to Bieber because of the volume uh, that a starting pitcher has and the fact that he's going through a lineup multiple times. Um, Karinchak's numbers will probably end up being a little more like eye-popping or uh, video game-like, however you want to put it. Um, but what Shane Bieber ha- has done has been, uh, you know, in terms of the franchise records at least, pretty historic. And really on a, on a larger baseball scale, you know, only four, regardless of how you look at it and his, his start to the season, uh, you know, any way that you look at it, there are really, are normally only three, four, or five starting pitchers who have done what he's done. If you combine different stats to start a season, et cetera, only four or five guys. And the names are like Kurt Schilling, Pedro Martinez, Nolan Ryan, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he's in a really, really elite company right now. It's not, we're talking, you know, with those names, it's not a big sample size that should be noted. But in terms of starting a season, uh, Beaver's off to a pretty remarkable start. He's the clear favorite for the Sion, I think, um, because of his volume, the strikeouts, the ERA, everything combined. Um, there are a few pitchers who have had ridiculously good starts as well. Um, but, you know, Beaver's just been tremendous, and he, he hasn't really slowed down that much. He didn't have his best, his best stuff in his last start against the Twins, but he still struck out 10, still had a pretty good outing, um, which I think might make that outing a little more impressive, considering he went into it um, kind of fighting his, his mechanics a little bit with his delivery. Um, he's been tremendous. Those, those two guys have really carried this team. And, um, you know, when when you have the offensive struggles that you've had, team, they've been kind of necessary, but it's a you know, it's been a, a huge boost for the Indians. It's, and, and those two guys... You know, think in a in a playoff sense. If you had to go against Bieber for six or seven innings and then Karinchak, um, I'm not sure a lot of teams would want to do that. Yeah, I, I agree, and I'll agree with you that Bieber's stats are crazier. But I, I will give Karinchak this one: he is the most entertaining pitcher in baseball. He he to me he has supplanted Mike Clevenger's on mound antics uh, with his own. And it's just fun to watch him pitch. And that, that's really one of the things I'm enjoying about baseball this year. Like, not just the Indians either. You know, like the Trevor Bauer stuff. I know, I know some people hate it, but I think it's tremendous. Um, the Padres as a whole, you know, are just super fun. Yeah. Basic, basically, I'm just really digging baseball this year. And I, I don't know if the accelerated pace of the season has anything to do with it, but... Some of the stuff that is happening this year has been extremely, extremely entertaining and makes me want to watch more. So, um, Yeah, and yeah. just in general, Fernando Tatis Jr. forever. Oh, so fun. Like, yeah. what, a, what a player. So anyway. Yeah. Swing away. Swing away. Ryan, anything else this week before we get out of here? Absolutely nothing. Okay. Besides Fernando Tatis Jr. forever. Indeed. <laughs> Um, all right, so that's going to do it here for leading off. Next time we, we chat, I think we will probably be talking about what the Indians did at the trade deadline, if anything. If they didn't do anything, maybe we won't. We'll probably talk about 
uh, what they need to fix for the rest of the season and what they're facing kind of for the remainder of the regular season. So that's going to do it for the podcast this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. You can find all of Ryan's stuff over at beaconjournal.com slash Indians. You can follow him on Twitter. He's at by Ryan Lewis for your latest James Karinchek stats. So thank you. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.